What's up, my fellow lionesses and lions? Welcome to the Project Lioness podcast. We are here to disrupt the mainstream narrative when it comes to health, holism, and human consciousness. We are here to share bold truths about health and life from a female perspective. This episode is brought to you by our team, Inspire Co., where we stand for your health being inspired by choice rather than being inhibited by chance. Thank you for being here and joining in on these raw, real, and powerful conversations. We hope our show brings you inspiration and empowerment to overcome challenges, reclaim your life, and ultimately pursue your mission with power, purpose, and play. Now, let's get into the episode. Hello, hello, my fellow lions and lionesses. This is Dr. Mel with the Project Lioness Podcast, and I am solo casting today. This is one of those little sound bites I talked about in a previous episode that I'm here to just drop some nuggets of wisdom and inspiration so that you can live a more powerful, purposeful, and playful life. So let's get into it. Today, I'm going to be talking about how to own your day, not anyone else's day, your day. And I know that this can probably be a cliche statement of like, own your day, own your day, right? But I'm here to share with you a different paradigm and a different perspective of what it means to actually own your day. Because if you do not fill your day with high priority actions, it will be automatically filled with low priority distractions. Things that don't inspire us. Things that we feel like we have to do, we ought to do, we should do, we must do, or we need to do. And that, my friends, is what we call the zone of desperation. Meaning you are not living in alignment with what it is that inspires you, where your most authentic creative genius comes from, which is the zone of inspiration. So I wanna walk you through seven different questions that you can utilize when it comes to owning your day. And it takes a matter of minutes, my friends. If you think about how many minutes are in a day, what if you could spend just five to 10 minutes every single day That's a fraction of your day. That's a percentage of your day. But I promise you, if you apply these seven questions, watch how you start to live a more inspired life. No pun intended. So let's get into it. If you don't have a pen and paper, grab a pen and paper. If you're someone who listens to these podcasts while you're doing dishes or on a walk, maybe take your note or whatever thing you use to take your notes on. It could be a phone, it could be a computer and just jot these down. Okay. If you follow me on Instagram, Dr. Mel Krug, I've posted these seven questions numerous times because they can be a game changer to shifting your perception and actually taking inventory and reflecting on how it is you spend your time, how it is you spend your energy. Because again, if you don't choose to fill your day with these high priority actions, which By the way, it doesn't mean you have to work, 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 work all day. If going for a walk and spending time with your kids is a high priority action, we want that listed out. But if you don't allow your day to be filled with high priority actions, it will be filled with low priority distractions from injected values from subordinates and authority figures that you think you're trying to people please and you think that you need to live into their values versus owning your own values. When you can live 
in a zone of inspiration, meaning you are choosing to do things. You are inspired to do these things. You would love to do these things. Hear how the language is different? Those types of words and that lexicon can give you an indicator that you are in alignment with your values and you are inspired. Now, I don't even have this mastered, right? There are things that I feel like I have to do simply because I haven't learned to delegate it yet. If you are in a space where you can delegate the things that you feel like you have to do, should do, must, ought to do, need to do, if you're in a space where you can delegate that, do it. Stay in your zone of inspiration. What do I mean by that? If you hate cleaning your house and you feel like you have to, how easy would it potentially be to hire someone to do that once a week for you, right? Some people love cleaning. If you love cleaning, don't delegate that, right? This isn't about what it should be. It's what is most in alignment for you. If you're someone who loves to do dishes, don't delegate that. I personally, eh, take it or leave it, but sometimes I can't just hire someone at night to come over and do it, so I do it, right? Now, you heard me say something. Delegation and linking your values. If you are in a space of delegation, do those things, right? Hire someone, delegate it, ask someone else to do it, or just stop doing it. You have to also ask, why am I doing this? Why do I feel like I have to do this? Is it because I maybe feel like I have to people please this person or person or I feel like I should do it, but is it something that actually inspires me? So just ask yourself that question when it comes to that. Now, if it's something that you do truly like doing and love doing, keep doing it. We only have so many hours in a day, however. So if you're noticing a list, I would recommend, first of all, before we get into the questions, write down a list of everything that you're doing in a day minute to minute, hour to hour, write it all down without judgment. Then what you want to do is go back and look at all these different things that you're doing and highlight the things that you're like, no way do I want to delegate that. I get inspired by it. I love doing it. I'm spontaneously inspired to do it and no one has to motivate me to do it, right? Don't delegate those things because when you live in the zone of inspiration, your physiology is prime, right? You're, you're, you're balanced. You're not super high. You're not super low. You are balanced. And when we can be balanced, our physiology is in alignment and we operate at 100% function. Now, if you have a list of things, you highlight a bunch of things that you don't love doing and you, you, you hear that imperative language of like, oh, I feel like I have to do that. I should do that. I, you know, I, I must do that. Those are the things that you want to start to look at. How can I either one, delegate these things, Two, how can I link, if you, again, if you can't delegate, if you're not there yet in your life, that's okay. You want to ask then number two is how can I learn to love these things and link them with my highest values? And this is called loving it through linking. So you, you either do what you love through delegating or you love what you do through linking. So this would be an example of if I don't feel like I have time and space to delegate the dishes to either someone who cleans my house or my husband, then I say, how can I love what I'm doing through linking it to my highest value? So what I will do when I do the dishes is I actually turn on a podcast because one of my highest values is teaching and learning, okay? So if I'm gonna be doing something that I'm like, eh, about, I'm going to love it through linking it to my highest values and listen to a podcast. So I feel like the time spent in that 
moment of doing the dishes, which could take anywhere from 10 minutes to an hour, depending on how much we cooked, I've linked it to something that I actually love. So I have less resentment about doing the dishes and I look forward to it. Now, you can't do that with everything, right? But you get my point with this exercise because the zone of inspiration is where we are in our zone of genius. We are most inspired. We have aha moments. We have moments of epiphanies. We have the great ideas in business. We have the million dollar ideas in business, right? That zone of inspiration is where you are most aligned, most coherent, and most connected to your highest authentic self. That's where you thrive. Below that, the imperative language, have to, ought to, should, need to, must, all of those words can tell you that they're imperative, right? They're things you feel like you you have to do and that's your zone of more desperation, right? If you hear someone say, oh, I have to go to work, clearly they're not inspired by their work. So a question you want to ask is what about your work is inspiring and how do we help grow that? So your zone of desperation, when you're in that more often, you're exhausted, right? You can feel like you're doing all these things, but not making any progress in your life, right? Those are the people who are busy. I hate, I do not like that word. (laughs) When people tell me I'm busy, I'm like, no, I'm living a fulfilled life and I'm doing what I love. But busy is very different than living a fulfilled life. Busy means you're doing a bunch of shit that you don't really care about. Because most likely you've had injected values from other people who have told you those are the things that you should be doing when in reality it doesn't actually really align. And the more time you're in your zone of desperation versus your zone of inspiration, your physiology will give you a feedback loop through exhaustion, fatigue, insomnia, physical health challenges, getting you to wake up that you're taking on a bunch of tasks and things and low priority distractions that aren't in alignment with your highest values and who you really are. So these questions are more than just questions. It is a framework that you can apply to your daily life to get you out of the zone of desperation and into the zone of inspiration over time. I'm not saying this is going to happen overnight, but it's definitely a stepping stone in the right direction. So grab your pen, grab your paper, grab your note-taking thing on your phone or your computer, and let's get into it. So there's seven of them. I also have a bigger form training on this in our Inspire Co. membership. So I'll drop that link if you want to join and do a longer form training on this. Again, that's something I do every single month is teach our clients and practice members all the ways that you can own your day and live in more alignment with more power, purpose, and play. So number one, the question is, what would you love to do? And love, again, is a space of spontaneous action of inspired action. And, and, and don't let any barriers get in the way. If you want to travel to Hawaii and go surfing, write it down. What would you love to do on a daily basis? For me lately, I've been writing, I would love to get paid to teach and facilitate across the world because I love traveling and I love teaching and I'd like to get paid to do it. So what would you love to do? Don't hold back, okay? Number two, how can you get beautifully or handsomely compensated to do it? Now, the original form of this question, if you've worked with me for a while, used to be, how could you get paid? I recognize that money and getting paid isn't necessarily of highest values for everyone. However, 
right now we do live in a world where you probably either are growing your own food or you got to pay for groceries, right? You're probably paying for a shelter. So there are things in the world that require a level of exchange, compensation that you need money for or some sort of resource, right? If you're a barterer, great. If you've, if you've figured out how to live on planet earth and barter your way and you don't need cash, awesome. Come on my podcast. I want to talk to you. <laughs> but asking how can you link what you love to having some level of fair exchange? It could be getting paid for it or it could be getting compensated in a way that aligns with your values. Either way, this is the, this is the bridge between question one and question two where you can start to consider how can I be in a space of loving what I do while also feeling like my needs are met and supported, right? You know, if you're paying rent or you have a mortgage, that's the link here, right? Because a lot of people go to work because they feel like they have to, because we created a culture where you have to work to make money, save until retirement and retire. And majority of the decades of their life that they're working, they're absolutely miserable because they feel like they have to in order to make money to pay bills because we've created a planet where that's the reality. So this alone, when you answer this question every day, it gets your brain thinking in a different way of like, how can I do what I love and be compensated in a way where my life is supported? So it's not cutting you off and saying, well, I have to work, so therefore nothing else is possible. That's living in your brainstem. That's living in your amygdala. What this does, it helps open up that different part of your brain center where you can start to get creative. So again, what would you love to do? Number one, two, how can you be beautifully or handsomely compensated to do it? Number three is what are the top seven priorities today that you can get done, not Top priorities, top action, top priority actions, not low priority distractions. Seven top priority actions that you can get done today that will get you one step closer to what it is you love to do. So whether that's email a friend asking if you can be on their podcast, whether it's asking someone in the neighborhood to babysit your kids, whether it's, you know, asking your husband if he could help with the dishes more often, small actions and micro-stepping is the way to creating a macro life. Micro-steps get you up the mountain, not some big overnight success. You know, people who you see and it appears as though they're an overnight success, it's all bullshit because they're not laying out the map and the blueprint it takes to micro-step your way to what it is you want. And when you can own the priorities in your day, 24 hours, let the other low priority distractions either take care of themselves or be delegated. This is the way to create in the macro life you want. And macro lives, lives, macro lives are created based on your values. You don't need to own a lot, yacht or own a bunch of real estate to feel like you have a macro life. If living a macro life means you spend more time with your kids you spend more time traveling the world, you sleep in more often and you take naps. That's what matters is what do you want? Not what the culture says you should want, but what do you actually want? That's your macro life. It's all about your perception, not what the culture tells you a macro life is, okay? And the reason I'm coming at you directly with this is you wanna get clear on the action steps. Don't be willy-nilly like, 
Answer some emails. No, what emails do you need to answer? Who do you need to respond to? What text do you need to make? What podcast do you need? Like get specific, right? Specific or nothing. The more specific you can be, the more macro your life will become. Okay, the universe likes specificity. So what, that's number three is what are the seven top priority action steps you can take today that will get you one step, 1% closer to the life it is you want and the macro life that you're creating from within. Be realistic with yourself too. Don't live in a fantasy world. If, if you're someone who's making $50,000 a year and you want to make $200 million next year, you know, I'm not saying it can't happen, but be realistic with yourself, okay? Number four, this one I love because it primes the brain into being a problem solver before you even come up with problems. Number four is what problems and obstacles will you hit today that will get in the way of your seven priorities, your top seven priorities? Pretty powerful, right? How can you anticipate problems and obstacles now so that when they come up, you've already reflected on it and your brain has already started processing solutions to the matter. This, my friends, when you can anticipate what's coming, this helps you be ready, this helps you be adaptable. It's powerful. So an example of this may be, well, the person who I emailed or the person who I texted said no. That's a problem. That's an obstacle. And the second part of the question is, what solutions can you start to generate in the moment of the obstacle? So number one is what problems and obstacles will you come about? Or will, however you want to word it, right? What, what obstacles can you anticipate? Because if you're a human being, you're going to deal with challenge. There's no way of avoiding it, especially if you're up to creating a big life. You will hit challenges. Like, and it's important to see the challenge as an opportunity and to tell you, yes, you're on the right path. Congratulations. You hit your first obstacle. You hit your first rejection. You hit the, you know, first boulder. You hit the first incline of the mountain. Congratulations. This is where you grow. And the second part of that is what solutions can you start to generate for those potential and anticipated obstacles and problems that will arise? This is where you get mastery level thinking, my friends. Because then what happens is when the solution, or sorry, when the problem emerges, you know what to do. You feel adaptable, you feel resilient, and you're like, I've got this. And that, my friends, is a different level of inner power that unfortunately a lot of people are seeking externally when it's all from within you. So that's number four, is obstacles and problems start to generate with your creative, brilliant mind, solutions to the problems that will arise. Now, you're going to stop at number four for the morning. So I would say if you're present with this, the morning takes you probably 10 minutes or so once you get more specific at it. Here's the thing is you may or may not get all seven priorities done because that's life, right? Don't judge yourself. But sometimes you get all done and you feel great. And other times it's like, okay, well, I got what I got done and I'm going to put those seven priorities, a couple of them onto the next day, right? If it's a larger project, try to distill it down into baby steps that you can take each day, okay? So I personally like to answer one through four in the morning. I have my day and then end capping the day. So this is a morning and evening ritual, end capping the day with the last with five, six, and seven. 
So number five, after I've had my day, I've had my dinner, I'm winding down, I ask myself what worked today and what didn't work. And workability is, is a very relative term. What worked could mean that you did it successfully or you had a win or a celebration. What didn't work is you, you didn't get certain things done or maybe you got into a conflict. Whatever it is, you need to write down what worked and didn't work. I think it's really common in our culture to only focus on what worked and we get almost disassociated with what didn't work. But what when you focus on what didn't work, that helps you grow. That helps you not see it as a failure, but say, okay, this worked today and this this didn't work. It's much more of a neutral term versus like, what are things you succeeded at and what are things you failed? What if you just started to look at it as like, this worked and this didn't work? And how do we take what didn't work and support that through solution creation mind into the next day of helping it become a little bit more workable for you. So that's number five is two columns, what worked and what didn't work. Number six is how can you do what you love more effectively and more efficiently? So this helps your part of your brain that really likes to plan and like higher execution and get specific on like, how can I do this more effectively? How can I do this more efficiently? right? Maybe when I was answering my emails, I got distracted by my phone. So one, one way I could do it is I could put my phone to the side on airplane mode and just focus on my emails. Or maybe something that works for efficiency and you know effectiveness for you is setting up a workspace to do these things. Maybe you're someone where you like to journal instead of type stuff out. Whatever it is, this helps you get more refinement on what it is you're doing so that it's way more effective and way more efficient especially when it comes to your brain power and your energy, okay? So get specific there. That's number six. I call it EE, effectiveness and efficiency. And then number seven is one of my favorites, which is how did what I experienced today contribute to wisdom and lessons related to my vision and my mission? So essentially what seven is doing is it's helping you derive the wisdom and the lesson and the gratitude for however the day ended up. There's a lot of ways you could phrase it, but you got to find what works for you. I specifically like asking like what wisdom and gratitude came from today that relates to my vision and my mission on this planet. Whatever, regardless of what worked, regardless of what didn't work, what are the lessons? What are the lessons of gratitude? What are the lessons of wisdom? So that I can have gratitude for every single moment, for every single step, for every single lily pad or boulder up the mountain how can i have gratitude for it and not shame myself not guilt myself not get too infatuated or prideful but rather just have gratitude for exactly the way the day went and exactly the way it didn't go because when you can stay in that energy of gratitude that's where your zone of genius and your zone of inspiration is most accessible is the attitude of gratitude and gratitude is the gateway for so much abundance in your life so i hope these seven questions really bring you into a deeper state of reflection and really bring you into a deeper state of owning your day. If you have any questions, reach out to me on social media. I'm here to support you. Own your day, my friends. Do these seven questions and watch your life transform. Thanks for being here with me. This is Dr. Mel with the Project Linus, where we are here to support you in guiding you back to reclaiming your power, invite you to pursue your purpose, and ultimately inspire you to play all out in life. This is Dr. Mel, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you for joining the Project Lioness podcast. Did you find value in today's episode? Help us impact the lives of others by sharing this podcast with someone you know who would resonate and benefit 
from the Project Linus message. Excited to hear more? We invite you to subscribe on whatever platform you're tuning in on. And we'd be so grateful for you to leave us a review about what you enjoy most, as well as what you'd like to hear more of. Thank you so much for all of your support. Sincerely yours in power, purpose, and play. Dr. Mel with the Project Lioness podcast. Keep rising, keep roaring, and keep inspiring. <laughs>